This message is from the Axis Church, a redeemed community of missionaries living for the fame of the real Jesus. For more information about Jesus or the Axis vision in Nashville, go to theaxischurch.org. Romans 8, 22 through 25. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit of God grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Brothers and sisters, things are not the way they should be. This world is not our home. Creation groans for things to be different. And so do we. The word advent is associated with longing, with groaning, if you will. We live in the tension and the reality that things are not the way they should be and that we cannot call this world home. But we also wait, we long, we groan with expectant hope as Christ followers, with the certainty that things will get better, better than better, that someday soon we and all creation will be restored and made new, made right again through the second coming the second advent of Jesus, our King. We have the radical privilege of not having to wait on the first coming of the Messiah anymore. He has come and he has completed the work the father sent him to achieve. Now we wait. We wait with eager anticipation for Jesus to come again. When the holiday season abruptly forces its way into our daily routines, wherever you may fall on the spectrum of emotions caused by this shift, all of us share in one common experience together. We wait for some. We wait for the day to arrive. And for some, we wait for it to finally be over again. 28 days until Christmas. For some, each day feels like an eternity. For others, the hours fly by way too fast. A wise friend of mine described the holiday season as a marathon run at a sprinter's pace. The point is it can be exhausting. How can a day like Christmas, where we remember God's intervening love for sinners, create so much sin and sadness in some people, brothers and sisters, Things are not the way that they should be. This world is not our home. We long for something different, something greater, something safe, something else. We long for food without shame or guilt. We long for whole safe relationships where we can unashamedly take off our masks and be loved and accepted for who we are, not for who we should be. We long for a place called home that offers safety, comfort, and refuge when we need it most. But brothers and sisters, things are not the way they should be. This world is not our home. Our desires are good, but they will never be satisfied through the physical. 
Our deep need for soul safety and comfort cannot be met through even the healthiest or most beautiful of homes on this earth. Home. Home. This word becomes a regular part of our vocabulary throughout the holiday season. Home. So take just a moment, all of us, humor me, and close your eyes for just a second and listen. Home. What do you see? What do you remember? What do you feel? What do you long for? Where does it hurt? Home. You can open your eyes. Home may be a physical place. It may be something that you have lost. It may be a vision, a dream that you have for the future, a place that you hope to create or arrive at through hard work someday. They say home is where the heart is. And a wise, gentle rabbi once said that where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The word home has everything to do with our hearts. Home is an intangibly mysterious longing we have for safety, for familiarity, for comfort and rest. Home and the longing for home is woven into the fabric of who we are. Home is where we long to return when we're tired. Yet at the same time, home is where we long to run away from or leave behind when it fails to satisfy us the way we dreamed it would home. Maya Angelou said it this way. The ache for home lives in all of us. The safe place where we can go as we are and not be questioned. No matter how many square feet bedrooms or half baths we acquire, no matter how green our grass is or how updated our kitchens are, these earthly homes will never provide us the deep soul rest, comfort and refuge we all long to experience, but that always seems just out of reach. As Christ followers, despite the way we live a lot of days, practically, God's word has something very different to tell us about this mysterious nagging for this idea of a home. First Peter 2.11. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul from the message. This world is not our home, Christ followers. We are not residents, but aliens. We are not locals, but gypsy travelers. We're not settled in, but always to be spiritually moving on to the next location, just like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Death, disease, and despair. Murder, injustice, crime, and consumerism. Corrupt governments, Religious cults, rampant racism and classism, natural disasters, crippling debt. Some sit on thrones of gold while others perish from the lack of the most basic human necessities, ghettos and suburbs, marble mansions and cardboard boxes. Does this sound familiar? This describes the land of Egypt in the day of Moses. 
This describes the Roman empire during the time of Jesus's ministry on earth. And this describes the United States today, 2016 brothers and sisters, things are not the way they should be. Our problems aren't new. Our generation is not unique and things are not getting worse. The desperate condition of our world and the ravenous emptiness in our souls is the same today as it was thousands of years ago when sin entered the picture and comprehensively ruined all of creation, including us. Sin is our fault and sin is the foundational problem in and around us. Brothers and sisters, things are not the way they should be and sin is the reason, but God, but God solved our greatest problem for us through the sending of his son, Jesus, the first advent meant 400 years of silence between God and his people, where they held on to faith by a thread with fragile hope, holding loosely on to the promise God had made them to send them a rescuer. God shattered the 400 years of deafening silence with a thunderous cry that came from the mouth of a baby born in a barn of all places. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, our rescuer. The gospel of Jesus is our story of hope. Jesus is the spiritual home we must continue to return to. And his gospel is the message that helps us not forget that our sin problem, our separation problem, our shame problem, our hell and wrath problem has been eternally solved by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. God eternally satisfies the longing in our souls for refuge, for safety, for comfort, for rest. Our longing for home can and will only be satisfied through Jesus. Longing becomes hope when faith in the unseen promises of God enter the picture. Longing becomes hope when faith in the unseen promises of God enter the picture. When we stare the reality of this longing for home in the face, despair can quickly settle into the point that we're forced to look away. But God desires for us to do something much different. He invites us to hope. He invites us to hope and he tells us a story that makes hope a safe place to receive comfort and refuge. God gives us a great promise that though things are not the way that they should be, there is a day coming soon when they will be better than we could ever comprehend. Amen. Consider the words of Jesus Christ, our savior from John 14 verses one through seven. Children of God, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. This is our advent. This is the home we're eternally longing to experience. This is Jesus. He says, I am the way to this home. I'm the truth and I'm the life. No one comes home. No one comes to the father except through me. 
Consider these words from Revelation describing the eternal climate of our future home with Jesus. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Here's what we have to look forward to. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes, children of God and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Come Lord Jesus. But how do we know for sure? I know there are days for me, even like this morning, When I feel I barely believe in that there's a small chance that I could be totally wrong about this whole Jesus thing. But in the moments where our faith seems most likely to dissipate, when we feel we cannot hold fast to God any longer, his gentle yet unbreakable grip on our hearts and eternities is never stronger. Hope is a terrifying thing. Yet we hold fast to the promises of God because he holds fast to us. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast and he will, he will. First Peter one, three through nine. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, Christ followers, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you and for me who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Come Lord Jesus in this, you rejoice though. Now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When he comes again, though you have not seen him, you love him. That's crazy. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of our faith, Christ followers, the salvation of our souls. Brothers and sisters, things are not the way that they should be. This world is not our home, but there is tremendous hope and joy to be experienced in this life through Jesus. 
And when things get tough, when life hurts the most, when our faith feels the most fragile, when our circumstances seem the most unfair and confusing, we can lean close into God's promise of a second advent, a returning of our King and Savior, Jesus. Until then, we wait together. God's children, (laughs) wandering gypsy travelers, resting in the comfort and power of his Holy Spirit and the unshakable love of God, our father, even when we sin. The gospel of Jesus is our story of hope as we wait. This morning, we celebrate the sacrament of communion together to give us an object lesson for our waiting, to remind us of why we can now wait with tremendous hope, to remind us of why the father still loves us like he loves Jesus, even when we sin. Communion is to point our hearts to the cross of Jesus. So this morning we come as a people waiting together in the wilderness, if you will. And we take broken pieces of bread and we dip it in wine or juice. And we remember the broken body of Jesus on the cross. We remember the blood that flowed from his body that was necessary to cleanse us and make us fit for heaven and allow us to hope and long with eager anticipation for his second coming. So we come together and we celebrate what the Lord has done for us on the cross. And we remember and we say, come Lord Jesus, we cannot wait to share this meal with you. I want to pray for us. And um, if anybody needs prayer this morning, we'll have a team in the back corner. If you need somebody to talk to or to pray over you, they would love to do that back here. And I'll pray for us and we'll continue to celebrate and enjoy the sacrament of communion together. Let's pray. Jesus, it is amazing that we don't see you, but that we love you. This is a work of the spirit. And so we invite your spirit to continue this environment of worship and gratitude. (laughs) As we know that things aren't the way that they should be, but we have tremendous hope that they will be made new and restored one day through you. So in the meantime, would you make us joyful waiters? (laughs) encouraged waiters. Would you allow us to experience joy in the midst of our longing for you to return, fix our eyes on the cross and what you've achieved for us through communion and bless your children, encourage the hearts of your people for your glory in Christ's name. Amen.